Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the podcast with no name. I, of course, am your host, Nolan. With me is the co-host... That's right, Chris Chavis. I am his co-host. The co-host, the co-host, our co-host. Together we are one unit. What a lovely, lovely day. Okay, so before we get into today's topic, Nolan, uh, there's something that we need to quickly and swiftly discuss. And that would be... You finally got to see Joker. Oh my gosh, yes. I finally got to see Joker. Now, in case you guys haven't seen Joker, uh, pause this episode, (laughs) go watch it, and then come back and finish this episode. But uh, We'll still be here. I want you to describe your thoughts on the movie in four words. Go. Clean words? (laughs) Four clean words. (laughs) Go. Holy smokes, absolutely fantastic. You heard that here, guys. Holy smokes, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, four words. He did it. He did it. But uh, I, it's, it's been a while and I really wanted to talk to Nolan about the movie, but I hate it when people spoil the movie for me, especially if it's a movie I'm really excited to see. Yeah. So I'm sitting here on my hands like, did you watch again? No. Yet. <laughs> you know, I actually did that on purpose to see how long I could string you along. And I would send him text how... messages with uh, little uh, gifts of uh, Joker, and uh, yep. Alas, if he finally broke down, and went all right. I'll see it. I guess I'll see this movie. Yeah. Um, however, the theater that I got to see it in, the uh, running a bit of a lackluster operation, but I got yeah, to see it. You got to see it. And. Uh, I would have to say, you said it was the best movie of the year. It's so far my fa- so favorite far. movie of the year. Well, because we have until December 31st. Correct. And uh, Dr. Sleep is... Yep. Samoon. Yep. Yeah. Because um, hmm. there's been some really good movies this yeah. year. Um, but it's like, you know when you watch that one movie that kind of, when you think about it hours after you've seen it? It kind of resonates with you, and then the next day? Yeah. Oh, I haven't had... uh, So, American Sniper and Saving Private Ryan were the ones that did that to me, and Mm -hmm. Joker was one. Yep. Where I I still think about it, and I'm like, oh, man. I think I missed this. Uh, Even though I was seeing it, it feels like I missed something in there somewhere. Right. It's one of those... Good example, not to give anything away... Um, Nolan saw this movie that I'm about to talk about, but uh, he he doesn't remember it. Um, Fight Club had a lot of little things like that where you missed it, and it kind of led you in a different direction or thought it led you in a different direction. Joker it did was that one too. Of the dumbest movies ever. No, made. it wasn't. Fight Club it was, was fantastic. It was, it was lousy. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Fight Club was great. Uh, but anyways, I just wanted to get that. Just you know, his four Go words before we get into today's topic, uh, which today's topic is. The, well, you know what? I was almost thinking about, we could almost make this a four-parter, but I think we'll have to tie it up. Uh, Because we've been stringing you guys along with the Brinks robbery. That's right. A very famous robbery that happened, you know, a couple days ago. Yeah, 1950. 1950. Yeah, a couple days ago. You know what? It would be really cool uh, to actually make an exact... Happening of the Brinks robbery. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, for in a movie. Yeah. But instead of the Brinks gang. Okay. The insane 
the uh, clown prince of crime. Okay. And and his and his little henchman pulling off the Brinks robbery. I could see that, but there's something in that case. Then there's like a little twist with the Joker at the end. Well, it would be the Joker because he's the uh, clown prince of crime. Yeah, true. Yeah. So I think it would be really fun to actually do a remake, you know, like uh, a, a film version of the Brinks robbery, but have it with the Joker and his crew. And he's saying, you know, film, not actually dress up like them and go to the Brinks. That's why I said film <laughs> is uh, to, I have. So next week you'll see me by myself. It's like, hi, welcome to the podcast of No Name. Nolan's in jail uh, and I'm doing this show by myself for another 17 years. At least, yeah, uh, because some some knucklehead dressed up like a a clown decided to rob a Brinks armored car, and it wasn't me. And it was yeah. his alibi. I was, was with him was the entire the time. Uh, but yes, this episode uh, it is uh, hello. Thank you for joining on Instagram Live. There, um, I lost track. Oh, it was the Brinks gang. So the Brinks gang. Yes. Uh, this is where the, did we the, leave off? The third and final part. So. Gosh. What do you remember? Okay, so uh, I we'll, we'll 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 quiz you and then we'll catch up. Oh, nice. So, so what happened? I remember. So these thirteen. Okay, I'm closing my eyes so I can relive this. These thirteen brilliant robbers plotted for two years very uh, meticulously to rob not the Brinks truck but the actual Brinks. Uh, I guess you would say headquarters. You know where all the the uh, the depot where the the depot yes. where all the ching ching is. Um, so they planned for two years, uh, like I said, very detailed, very meticulously, uh, and they would do these trial runs. They were like, okay, today's, tonight's the night. Nope, nope, something's wrong. Let's, let's call it off. They did that for a while. Then finally, when all the pieces were set, they, uh, uh, they robbed it. They robbed a yeah. ton of money, and then they sat on that money for how long was it? Well, they were going to sit on it for the statute of limitations. That's right. So yes. after the statute of limitations, uh... Then they were going to touch it. Then they're going to touch the money, but things things kind of went afoot, and uh, the the fuzz uh, kind of figured out who they are. Or uh, didn't they find out who they were? They had well. Everybody that they questioned started having those similar alibis. Oh yeah, I was I was home at seven o'clock. Oh yeah, I was here at seven o'clock. Everybody was concerned to having being done something. At 7 p.m. That's right. So they all had really good and, alibis. And they had beaten the grand jury. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, there's there's no evidence to in, in, indict them with anything and this, that. And every single lead... Went nowhere. Went nowhere. So there was just nothing to go on. But they knew these were the guys. I mean, the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover... He's, I knew these were the guys, and but so now do anything about it. we have reached the point where everything is starting to unravel, and uh, well, ish, ish, because things you know things are going along, and then a couple of the dude fellows right decide to go on a little excursion right, and for extracurricular activities that's they decided right. to do yes, another rob- another robbery yeah um, that's right breaking in and entering and. And then they get picked up, and then all of a sudden their defense fund starts having money put into it. That's right. And and then they were also talking about, oh, these guys, they were on the big job. That's all they heard, you know, the big job with O'Keefe or Pino, McGinnis, 
Maffey, I mean, Baker, you know, these guys. So they're all starting to, everything Piece. is starting, pieces are starting to fit, even though they're not coming together just yet. Oh, and randomly, the backpack falls from the shelf behind us and onto Nolan as to say the ghost of the men are here today. <laughs> happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy, yeah. A <laughs> couple of days after Halloween. But that's where we are now in the story. And this is the final conclusion of... Oh, I wish we could make it the final conclusion, but this is going to be a jam-packed, action-packed episode then. Or it might be the final conclusion, or we might break it up into episode four. We'll see how we feel. That could be fun, episode four. We'll see how we feel. All right. So, now, uh, they were being interviewed. O'Keefe and Castoria were the ones in jail. Right. And they had been interviewed on several occasions in uh, Regarding the Brinks robbery, and you know, they com- totally claimed complete ignorance. I don't know what what, what, are you, what robbery? What are you talking about? Yeah. You mean that one in the papers? Never read about it. I don't. I can't read. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, you mean the one in the papers? Yeah, I can't read. Didn't hear about it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So then they keep on visiting them there in their, in their cells, but then these guys have no respect for law enforcement. They're like, you know, go away, piss off. We don't want to talk to you. You know, you guys are just a bunch of thugs. <laughs> and you, well, you guys are thugs. Well, you're in, you're behind bars. Oh yeah, well, you're in front of bars, you stinkers. You're in, you're a thug with a paycheck. Yeah, right. So then, the uh, legal battles were going on. Like, hey, get us out, get us out. Well, you know, how do we, you know, pay for defense while you guys were caught? So it was nicknamed the Pennsylvania Defense Fund. So and there was these guys. Uh, there were people rumored to be contributing mm-hmm. to the defense fund, and that's how they're like. Well, how are these guys getting money to pay for their legal fees and the lawyers? Their parents. Yeah, well, their parents were the ones that robbed the Brinks uh, <laughs> the Brinks facility. Face closed. And uh, so then they come. Uh, there's a criminal veteran who'd been rumored to be contributing these large sums of money to the Pennsylvania, these guys' Pennsylvania Defense Fund, and his name was Henry Baker, mm-hmm. which had been one of the original suspects. And they had previously picked him up for breaking and entering in larceny in procession of burglar tools back in 1944. And in 1949, he was picked up by a fellow by the name of Pino. Oh, Pino. That's where we had left off. Was That's right. One of, the, one of the rumored suspects had been in jail for breaking and entering and in possession of burglary tools and was picked up on his release by another one of the rumored suspects. But the reason why they put those two and two together is because one of the rumored suspects, you ready for this? Drawing a map, was contributing to the Pennsylvania Defense Fund. Wow. So. Crime doesn't pay kids. Stay in school. Yeah, the shadow nose. The shadow nose and the fuzz. Yes. That's the police. So, and then we get to the, well, where were you on January 17th, 1950, about 7 p.m.? Oh, eating dinner. <laughs> watching the Ed Sullivan yeah, show. Yeah, right? Uh, so that's where everything is starting to come into place. Everything is, you know, 7 o'clock or... You know, between 6.30 and 7.45. So they've got these alibis that are all jiving up. Jiving. Yeah, they're jiving. They're jiving. No one was, that's the year no one was born, in case you guys didn't know. What, 1950? Yeah. Oh. Well, funny thing is, I was January 15th. 
So. Vitamin E does really wonders to the skin, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. And coffee. Yeah, yeah and coffee. Uh, black coffee, red meat, and whiskey. That's the Fountain of Youth right there. I think that's going to be what's on your tombstone. The Fountain of Youth right there? <laughs> no! <laughs> no, the, the, what's going to be on my tombstone is he went there. He went there. Yeah. Okay, I think we talked about one of the grand jury. So, in 1952, mm-hmm. the grand jury begins hearings concerning the crime. Now, now remember, this is happening in 1952. That's right, we talked about it in the beginning. Is So, they've got this web that they're starting to piece together. Mm-hmm. It happened in January of 1950. The grand jury doesn't convene until November of 1952, almost three years later. You know, gosh. And that's because that's how good they were at and and completing the hearings in January 9th, 1953, the grand jury weighed the evidence and disclosed that did not feel enough complete positive information as to the identity and the participants in the Brinks robbery of because course. the partif- participants were effectively disguised, so those masks did it. There was a lack of eyewitnesses to the crime itself, other than those that had been the victims. And certain witnesses refused to give testimony. And the grand jury was unable to say, testify or else. How about them apples? Yes. So, ten of the people that appeared before the grand jury were... Oh, well, that's over. Okay, now we can wait till the statute of limitations is passed and then we can touch what's left of the money. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as a result of the grand jury, J. Edgar Hoover and his pals at the FBI knew, oh, it's got to be these guys. Because just look at them. There's too much at stake for them not to be. Right. So... O'Keefe and Gasoria, those were the guys that were stuck in Pennsylvania for breaking and entering in larceny right. on their little vacation. You know, oh, we're just fishing for things inside this locked building. Like your wallet in your yes. pocket. <laughs> yes. yes. And that Rolex. Uh, and then Pino uh, encountered uh, difficulties of his own. Why do I picture Pino as this really small Italian man? It's like, what do you think, Because Mike? he's a really large Italian Is man. he? Oh, that's right, yeah. That's right. There's a picture of him. Oh, Pino. Yeah, there's Pino. Look at him. He more looks like a... He like does a, not look like a Pinot Noir. A, a Pinot Big Iron, you know. That's like a Johnny or like a brick or something. Or Johnny or a brick. His yeah. nickname is Concrete. <laughs> Slab. <laughs> uh, all right. So what's going on with Pino now is uh, he had some crimes and he's starting to face... Uh, criminal record, the Immigration and Naturalization Service instituted proceedings to deport him in 1941. So this is so he's been facing these uh, criminal deportation charges Oof. since 1941. And then he ended up going to prison and he served uh, for some very for some things that we won't mention on the podcast. One that we can, jaywalking. Yes, right? That's right. And he liked Nickelback. Okay, continue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Deportation <laughs> for life. That's what yeah. So, from uh, 1928, uh, so from 1928 to 1944 was when he, when he was in prison. Hmm. 
And 41 was when they tried the deportation stuff. But he tried to do uh, the proceedings, to, and he filed a petition to pardon it, hoping that the removing it come some of the criminal because he wanted to stay in the states Correct. you know be a good criminal right but stay in the states and so in 49 he evaded total complete total deportation so now his, the pardon he got received a pardon from the governor of Massachusetts so now his record no longer contained a second conviction which he means that he got to stay now let's fast forward to January 10th 1953 because of his appearance in the grand jury connecting with him with the Briggs case, mm. he was taken into custody again yeah. as a deportable alien. So he evaded it, but now, oh, hey, you know what? We think you're the guy that did this thing in the Briggs. Wasn't Pino the very first person that gets outed at the beginning of the first Men in Black when, when uh, Will Smith takes off the coat and he has the as the alien with the stick for a head, that was Pino. Pretty much. Yeah. That was Pino, guys. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much true. So now there's new legal proceedings for Pino. Okay, you were arrested in 48 for larceny. Now you're in January 30, 1950. This sentence was... Because of the grand jury. And now, 1953, he was released on bail pending deportation hearing. Man, poor peanuts. Really? I'll remember you said that. Uh, and so now, he, is, he surrendered himself in compliance with the immigration. So he, became, he started battling it once again. And then, he... Uh, so then he was also pressuring O'Keefe, getting uh, pressured by O'Keefe. Hmm. Like, so he's, he's dealing with all of this immigration stuff, and now O'Keefe is saying, hey, get me out of, get me out of prison, you know, get me out of jail in uh, Pennsylvania, come the on. F- the food's horrible. Yeah, the food's horrible, uh, the uh, company's lousy, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I want, uh, I want out, you know, send me money, send me money, money. I don't blame him. So, the deportation case lasted two years. And in April 11th, 1955, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court ruled that Pino's conviction for 1948 for the larceny was revoked and no longer able for deportation. Can you imagine if this crime happened now in 2019? Like the news coverage that would be oh. on this? Like this is this is a huge Have big you ever cr- seen the movie Heat? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's basically what the Brinks yeah, pretty would much. look like. Yeah. But like this would be all over social media, all mm-hmm. over the news. Um, people would make movies about this. This would be a big deal, but the fact that this happened way back when yeah. But, you know, I don't, he would probably be fighting for extradition to get away, you know, because that's the thing now, right. is people used to fight to stay in this country. Right, now, now it's the opposite. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to be in a country that has no extradition so I can commit the crime oh. here in the States. Oh no, I'm in Canada, eh? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not from here. Oh. Hello, everybody. So, oh. so we're doing uh, Instagram Live for yes, this episode, so. guys. And so there's some people Squirrel. that are uh, saying uh, that are in the room right now. I'm going to wave hi to them. I'm just going to go keep talking. Yes, I'll keep talking. So while Pino was having trouble with his deportation, O'Keefe completed his sentence. And then was released, uh, and then, uh, so released in McKean County in January to stand trial for burglary arts. And he, O'Keefe was also confronted with a detainer filed by the authorities 
the detainer uh, involved O'Keefe's violation of probation in connection with conviction in 1945 for con- carrying concealed weapons. So he does his time yep. fighting and getting money for the legal battle, and then while he is getting ready to stand trial for it, they're like, oh yeah, you also had this concealed weapon that you weren't supposed to in 45, so tough cookies, O'Keefe. And Book him, Dano. Yeah, right. <laughs> Book him. And... So now he was, before his trial, he was released on $17,000 bond. Which is nothing. Then while on bond, he returned to Boston and appeared on January 23rd, 1954, and appeared in the Boston Municipal Court on the probation violation charge from the handling of the concealed weapons. And then they continued that case to April. He was released on a $1,500 bond. So he was. So <laughs> I like how he just keeps getting released off yes. bond. How much is it today? All right, so, here. Because they had this idea that O'Keefe had to have been one of the guys on the big job, right? He was observed to contact other members of the robbery gang because he needed more money for his defense in McKean County for, for the uh, for his extracurricular activities up in Pennsylvania. Right, right, right. His vacation. Right. And so then, because of it, he had developed a bitter attitude towards a number of his closest associates because they didn't get him out. And here's where the thread starts to get yanked on. Yes. From on the inside. From the inside. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're, you're exactly right. This is how it starts, is that he was, he was just, oh, you know, that was his own, his own thing. We're not going to, you know, but they kept on... He forced them to give up some of the cash that they had got. You know, I mean, I know you're going to finish this, but mm-hmm. I think all this could have been avoided if they didn't have their extracurricular activities. That's yes. greed. You had so much money that you got away with. You literally got away with it. Why at least wait years, I mean mm-hmm. years, to do another job? That's what I would do. Yes. I don't blame okay, them. Okay, so are you ready for how ready for the rest of the rug to start unraveling from a different thread? Okay. So when O'Keefe is in Boston to await the results of his appeal and, you know, put pressure on everybody else to, hey, where's the money for my legal right. fund, you jerks? Uh, Jazz Maffey was convicted of federal income tax evasion. Of course. And started a nine-month sentence in Connecticut in 1954. So... So now, well, gee whiz, you know, he's back, you know, putting pressure on me to pay him some for his legal fees because I let him stay in jail. Yeah. And now this guy gets, why were you paying your income tax? As smart as these men were to pull off this crime that got away with, they're really stupid. <laughs> well, this is, this is where the human condition starts taking place. This is why it was almost the perfect crime. Right. Is because greed. Of course. The human want for avarice. I want more. Right. And so we're just going to go visit some, we're going to go visit the grave of, you know, one of his dead relatives. And, and oh my gosh, I woke up in the middle of the 7-Eleven I was robbing. Just get a know. job. Well, they, did they did one. It's called the Brinks job. We'll get a, a big job. You know, it'd be funny if they got a job as a Brinks driver. Oh, that would be ironic. Bam. So. So anyway, the uh, rumors had it. Sorry for the earthquake, folks. We had a, a tour group coming in, and they were testing to make sure the door wasn't locked. <laughs> uh, 
So Maffey and Baker were on O'Keefe's list because they had beaten him out of a large sum of money. Yeah. If, so Baker heard these rumors. He did not wait around very long. And so when O'Keefe returned in March of 54, Baker and his wife were had left Boston on vacation. Yep, they were gone. So then O'Keefe was decided to pay his respects right. to other members of the Briggs gang. And in spring of 1954, it was obvious to the agents handling the investigation that he was trying to solicit money. Like, hey, give me money. Give me money. Where's my money? Cold and So cold and persistent that his co-conspirators, uh, that the agents thought that he might be attempting to obtain the loot. So uh, that's why he, he was so persistent at it that, hey, give me my money. Where's right, my money? Where's money? Give me money, money, money. The, 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 everybody was, he's got to be after the loot. So this has got to be one of the guys. And uh, during this time, O'Keefe renewed his association with a racketeer who used to solicit funds for for O'Keefe and Kasoria in 50, 1950, Hmm. during their incarceration. And then, the moment that happened, the underworld is abuzz with that news. As it should be. May 18th, 1954, O'Keefe and his racketeer associate took Vincent Costa to a hotel room and held him for several thousand dollars ransom. One of the other fellows that was rumored right to, to be. be. Yep. And uh, huh. so the Brinks gang decided to pay a small portion of their ransom to O'Keefe and Costa was released. So... Once they hear all of that news, the special agents decided to interview Costa and his wife, Pino and his wife, the racketeer, and O'Keefe. All of them said, eh, what are you talking about? And nonetheless, <laughs> they were breaks. visibly shaken and abnormally worried. Like, my God, what's going on? You know, like, all of a sudden, the pressure's on and they're starting to shake. Because up until now, up until O'Keefe started, held Costa hostage, they had been able to beat everything. You know, if, if I was uh, building the, uh, the crime, I would also build a program in the crime where you learn about interrogation. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Pino. So here that, guys. Chris Chavez, How to Beat Crime. How to Beat Crime 101. Join me in my uh, eight-week course on how to get away with a crime. Talk to you from the safe confines of Monroe <laughs> County Jail. Or my couch. One of the, one of the two. <laughs> so then, June 5th, 1954... Good summer. Yes. Unless your name was O'Keefe. No, it wasn't. Okay, good. So good summer for you then, because an attempt was made on O'Keefe's life. Of course it was. A drive-by shooting and uh, fired uh, bullets that pierced his windshield. Mm. He crouched low down in the seat of the car, and they, uh, they nearly got him. Poor Pino. That's June 15th. Well, this is O'Keefe, not Pino. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, poor O'Keefe. Yeah, right? So then... O'Keefe and uh, his racketeer buddy went to go visit Baker. By that time, Baker was suffering from so bad a nerves, he pulled a gun on O'Keefe and shot at him. <laughs> Stressed much? Yeah, <laughs> right? See what happens, robbery will get to you. It's like, oh, I, gotta, I gotta get the loot. And then a third attempt was made on O'Keefe. We gotta get rid of this guy. These are the worst hitmen ever. 
Yeah. June 16th, 1954, <laughs> fired more than 30 shots. He was wounded in the wrist and chest, but he managed to escape with his life. So, Nolan, what I hear is his assassins were stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have bad much. aim. A 45 caliber pistol at the scene, five bullets, which Mr. Mark, they found the bullets in the building nearby. Now we have evidence. Bam. Ballistics. Yep. And now we have a wounded criminal. June 17th, they arrest... Now, here's, here, here's your criminal uh, underworld name. You ready? Elmer Trigger Burke. Ooh. They charged him with the possession of a machine gun. Apparently, you went to the storm school, uh, stormtrooper school of shooting, but you had a machine gun. But you, yeah, yeah. Still missed, right? Yeah. And so they discovered that he was the underworld, uh, the fellow hired to assassinate O'Keefe. <laughs> Assassinate. Yes. Or pretty much scare. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shoot all around you to get you afraid. Yes. And then, after number three... Oh, great. O'Keefe decides to disappear. You know what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> With this, I quit. After attempt three, he disappears? Yeah. I would have been like the first attempt. Wow. August 1st, 1954, he was arrested in Massachusetts and turned over back to Boston for violating parole or probation on the gun-carrying charge. Now, he was sentenced to 27 months in prison, and he was, as a protective measure, they incarcerated him in Hampton County Jail in Springfield as opposed to Suffolk County in Boston. So that they just knew that this guy was going to get shot right. at. You know, or, so they figured, okay... They had to protect him mm -hmm. while behind bars. Yep. I get it. I've been there. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Have you met me? I'd be, mm -hmm. I would die in two seconds in jail. Now, here's where it gets really tricky. O'Keefe's racketeer buddy yeah. disappeared after, after the uh, holding cost a hostage and scrape, and then they discovered his automobile, but his, he's still missing. To this day, and they figured that he was killed for being associated with O'Keefe. Hmm. So they got to the racketeer fella, but O'Keefe. So they never found him. He's Correct. disappeared. He's with Hoffa. Yeah, maybe. Everyone knows that. <laughs> okay, so that's the troubles with O'Keefe and Pino. Oh, gosh. More troubles. James Ignatius Faherty, an armed robbery specialist whose name had been mentioned in the underworld, was doing concerning a score with members of the gang. Mm -hmm. He had been questioned. He had claimed, and they somehow linked him with the. They linked him, but he got in the way. You know, okay, we know this guy's done it. Yeah. And now uh, he he was on parole in from thirty six and thirty seven when he was arrested for armed robbery violations, and now on parole, March of fifty four. He, uh, due to unsatisfactory conduct, drunkenness, and refusal to seek employment and association with known criminals, he was returned to, to prison. But then later he was paroled again. So he was having trouble for, well, he had gotten all this money. I don't need to do no job. Back to prison, pal. McGinnis was once again arrested on unlawful possession of liquor distillery equipment and violation of internal revenue laws. Of course. So, <laughs> so now, and, and so he's in trouble. And Adolf Maffey, you know, Jazz Maffey, 
So he was convicted of the income tax evasion. Right. And and then uh, he and then another fellow died of uh, dysentery. Natural causes. Oh, sorry. yeah, Terry died of dysentery. I remember? knew it. Yeah, crossing that Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, it seems like these guys have thought of everything but what to do once they have the money. Yes. And now, you know, I think just everything has unraveled. O'Keefe has decided to go on the rampage, you know, give me my money, where's my money, where's my money? Yep. And uh, O'Keefe's back in jail, and now everybody else is, you know, Pino's having the deportation problems, everybody's evading the IRS, and oh my (laughs) gosh, what were you doing trying to distill liquor in 1950? (laughs) The prohibition's over. You know, finally, O'Keefe confesses. I did it. It was me. And all of these other guys. Bam. Bam. Sirens and handcuffs. And the reason why he did it was to get back at them for letting him stay in prison yep. for something that he did independently. So let that be a lesson to you kids. When you rob, make sure... Oh, I mean, when, if... <laughs> if you rob, make sure your friends are your friends. Yeah. But don't, don't go off and do another job when you're in the middle of finishing a job that you currently did. Correct. You know, that's don't be greedy when you're doing armed robbery. Although I have to, uh, I, yeah, they did a bad job. You mm-hmm. know, they they did a they committed a crime. They have to suffer in prison. Blah blah blah. But I have to tip my hats off to them for uh, doing this robbery. And the point of it was to not hurt anyone. I have to give them that. Yes. We have to admit. Nowadays, it'd it be like, the there was a massacre, uh, everyone died, someone's... Yeah. Uh, or, you know, they go into, you know, uh, in you know, the intent to rob a bank and it turns into a mass shooting. Yeah, exactly. You know, these guys did it so professionally right. that, um, yeah, gone are the good criminals. If I was the co- the judge, I'd be like, listen, no one got hurt. <laughs> You're fine. Just give the money back and, you know, be on your way. That's why I'm not a judge, kids. Yes. That's the truth. So... So O'Keefe decides to confess. He he writes letters to the authorities. Then they start coming to interview him. And then he's like, well, never mind. I don't want to talk to him. And then they're like, well, come on. You wrote us these letters. What's going on, pal? We're going to, you know, keep you in here. We're going to, you know. But, uh, oh, tell us who did it. Tell us who did it so that we can, you know, bring everybody. And then he's like, crack. Spills the beans. And they get everybody. That's a snitch. Yes, before. And here's, here's what makes it so crazy. Days before the statute of limitations runs out. Ah. Uh, so so had, had he just held his mouth shut just for five more days, they would have been able to have... Yeah. What robbery? Oh, you mean the one that we did, you know, five years ago? Yeah. And you uh, tried, you indicted us, but didn't convict us. Wow. What robbery? Wow. Too bad. So sad. Goodbye. You lose. Wow. So win one for the good guys. Thanks to greed. So you know what this whole story, the underlining is: snitches get stitches. <laughs> Do not be a snitch. Or simply put. Don't rob a Brinks. Or don't rob a Brinks facility. Facility. Or armored truck. Or a 7-Eleven. 
Or a bank. Well, I don't. The thing is, like, you you get caught for doing a crime that you you're fully aware of what you're doing, uh, and then you you have they're like, all right, here's your sentence. It's going to be a huge amount of time behind prison, and then you blab or bring everyone else down. There's the, that code of like, you know, I did this. Yes. I'm going to do my time. Don't violate and that's it. the. Uh, e- um, and I know people are saying a lot of people have an argument of yeah, but you know if, if you were facing life in prison, you would say something completely different. Probably, yeah, yeah. Let's let's. I wonder. But so, if I was in that mindset, I'm like, I know what I'm doing. If I get caught, my life's done. You know, I I I, I made my own bed. I'm gonna man up and say nothing. That's I, I wouldn't think I would like to say that. Yes. Just do your time. Just do your time. What was it? Uh, do the dime and... Clearly we've never yeah. been to prison, can right, you yeah. tell? Yeah. You know, well, the only prison, told me stories. The only prison Nolan's been to is in the Monopoly board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. So, I know we kind of wrapped it up a little quick, but uh, what a fascinating tale, right? And, th- yeah, again, this is one of those many stories. Like, there's so many stories we can go to about... Uh, robbery and, and, and prison stuff that it's it, you've been going for hours over the, uh, why don't we do one next week you know actually <laughs> that's a good segue <laughs> uh, next week's episode guys uh, I'm going to do a uh, 10 prisoners who outlived their prison sentences it is crazy the list that I found of how old they were when they went in and then how old they were when they got out so tune into that next week and uh, where can they find us? Everyone that's watching on Instagram, if you guys haven't seen our if show. If you're not watching on Instagram, you can find us on Instagram. Yeah. Besides Instagram, where else can they find us? Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Patreon. Yes, right. And on SoundCloud, what can they search? T-P-W-N-N. N-N as in Nancy. Tony, N-N Papa. M as in Nancy. Tony, Papa, Nematode, Nematode. <laughs> That's you right, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thomas, Wayne, <laughs> Nematode, and Nematode. The, the, the with podcast no name. You got it right, guys. <laughs> the T-P-W-N-N. But thanks for tuning in, everyone that is listening in on all this smattering of devices that you listen to your podcast and everyone here on Instagram Live. Yes, this is T-P-W-N-N Radio signing off. Signing off.